Welcome back to another episode of the Gifted Performance Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure to like the video and subscribe for future content. For more information about our one-on-one coaching and other training or nutrition options, visit giftedperformance.com. Our newest feature, the Gifted Express, offers premium programming for bodybuilders, powerlifters, Olympic weightlifters, and lifestyle clients for only $30 a month. Enjoy the video. We'll see you on the next one. And as always, stay gifted. Welcome back. Another episode of the GPP, Gifted Performance Podcast. Write the name down because we're giving you knowledge and practical takeaways to improve your own general physical preparation. On the last episode, we taught with John here, with Goob. We talked about how we don't have guests on very often unless they are of high caliber like himself. And even rare is having a guest on twice in a row. Now, I have received emails from previous guests that we've had on that said you wouldn't catch me dead on that podcast again. Uh, Things like when we stopped recording the walk of shame away from the camera was worse than I've ever experienced. Did mine not come through for that? Uh, no, no, we got it. I'm just not going to include what you said because of the slurs that you used to describe Paul. I don't want to get us canceled for that. We, we avoided being canceled by the body positivity crowd. I don't think that your racial slurs would allow us to stay on the air. Paul's camera is black and white today. It is. Some of that heat. (laughs) It's okay. Most people probably feel the same. All right, folks. If you have been keeping your eyes on the Instagramosphere of Mr. Goob and Paul, you may have seen a little back and forth recently, and that's where we're going to start. And the conversation was around, you know, tracking your macros, the um, the inaccuracies of something like, and I will quote him here, my shitness pal. I like that. If you came up with that yourself, I suggest putting it on a t-shirt, get a nice goob you apparel line first release, my shitness pal. My shitness pal. I was just hoping that they wouldn't uh, come for, because you, you never know. know nowadays who's coming for you. And I was like, if I say my fitness pal and tag it, I'm probably going to get a bunch of you know, those types of people in my fucking shit about like, macro tracking saved my life. And I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> well, that's not Paul. That. That's Paul's viewpoint most, here. Paul believes that macro tracking people, did save his life. <laughs> most people know this, but Goo may not, even though I, I do like counting macros. I'm already uh, insulted. <laughs> probably more um, than Goob does. Uh, I also hate my fitness pal. I think it's a fucking bum ass app. Yeah, it's really t- like as far as an app goes to do what what they're saying and it's intended to do. It's just super bloated, super stupid. It makes no like it's really annoying to look at. It's really annoying to add anything to it. Like it's been fucking. I've had it in my phone for at least ten years and it hasn't gotten any better. It's just gotten worse. <laughs> like it, I, I've never had an app where I'm like, wow, this is worse than where it was ten years ago when I first fucking installed this piece of shit. What the fuck? They put like no money into making it better. Nothing since its conception. They're like, do you want uh, premium so you can see how much protein you're eating, you cocksucker? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't want to use. Or this so you can do something basic like counting grams. Well, yeah, yeah, literally. It's like, no, I'm just going to go to Google and probably write it the fuck down. What do you think about that, my fitness pal? Like $10 Or use one of the other 75 apps that are cheaper and easier to use. (laughs) Yeah, there's just way too many. All right. To set the stage here, let me set the stage here for this. So, Goob, outline your issues. Obviously, go and watch the original video here. Um, His profile is right underneath his picture. Um, Outline your points as to why you prefer a meal plan over something like more of a flexible approach, like tracking your macros. Well, first off, my my name here is Gubu Amish Lord. That is not my profile. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, we'll we'll put your your real name in there so that we don't also ostracize the Amish crowd that listens to the Gifted Performance podcast. Wait, can they use use electricity? Anything that comes between them and their faith they can't use, which is why they don't use cars because it's too fast. Uh, you can't have like a, a full beard, I think, because there's probably some you know pussy eating limitations here that happen if there's too much in the way. That's Just like anything be that comes oh. between them and their family. So, yeah, <laughs> cunnilingus is huge in the Amish community. <laughs> if you don't have television, they're like, really, what are you gonna do? 
like, yeah, you're really le- only left with one thing to do for the day. No condoms, no television. That man is going down a lot to keep that woman. Oh, they can home. use they can use electricity. Since but, when? But it's uh, not really like they. It's, so it says they... the Amish population is okay with using electricity, but they reject the grid that brings it into most American homes. So, so they don't use electricity. <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, they'll build their houses positionally so that they have, like, full sunlight in most of the common Oh, rooms. they'll use they'll use generators. Mm. To the okay. gas, I guess? Gas is cool. <laughs> is a dead dinosaur? We're good. If it's a dead dinosaur... They, so they don't, plug, they don't plug into the electric grid, but many Amish people use generators and mnemonic tools to work faster. <laughs> Could you imagine you like gotta turn the generator on to get on Pornhub and like and you're trying to listen to like Riley Reed scream to climb even worse? Imagine you turn on the generator because you want to listen to a fitness podcast. You stumble across the Gifted Performance podcast, and the first 15 minutes is four dudes you've never seen before just shitting on your entire lifestyle. I mean, you can. They come make good the chicken, Amish, though. though. They raise good chickens. You are insulated if you make fun of the Amish online, like. One, they wouldn't care. They're too busy building houses and fucking and doing cool shit. And two, they're not on the internet anyway, so they're never going to see it. So you're you're pretty protected. If you want to make fun of somebody online, you, you know, like that's where all the jokes need to head. That's what I'm saying. That's where they all need to go. All right. You know? Do you want to- Until you have like an occult group of Amish people show up at your house to <laughs> sacrifice you or some shit. <laughs> like it took us 14 days to get here by horse. <laughs> We're leaving with your ass. My son died of starvation on the way. <laughs> that, that's uh, Oregon Trail. You're referencing <laughs> yeah. not the Amish trek to kill John Dorsey. Anyway, so macros. Uh, I posted a, a thing about delete. I said delete my shitness, pal. It's a worthless app. And that was just because that, that app is particularly worthless. And uh, my main sentiment was too many people run these crazy margins of error because they're using this app and changing what they do every single day and they're going to like McDonald's and they'll they'll order a McChicken and I don't know if you guys ever ordered a McChicken at McDonald's but that motherfucker has a, like a mayonnaise gun and just like squirts that shit all over the in that nine grams it says in my fitness pal is absolutely disregarded absolutely out the window as soon as he starts pulling that fucking trigger Mick chicken nutrition facts that's what I'm saying like yeah whatever it says yeah. on there ja- Jamie pull that up can you pull up uh, Jamie can um, you pull up yeah. Mick chicken so one sandwich says 17 grams of fat yeah it's no got a double it's got, it's got at 37 grams of carbs at 14 grams of protein <laughs> ooh you have about ooh. four of those you're gonna hit your leucine threshold <laughs> yeah. ooh <laughs> Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, because people will try to Tetris it, and it's like it's only as good as the effort of the employees making the food that you're plugging in for MyFitnessPal. Now, if you're cooking every fucking meal at home and whatever and plugging it in, I've seen a lot of women do that successfully because they, they love to do all this fucking, you know, origami shit with their meals and whatever. Like, sure, but us dudes, we're going to DoorDash and then go look at whatever the fuck it is and be like, oh, I only had 38 grams of fat today. Like, motherfucker, you ate a lot of mayonnaise. <laughs> a lot of mayonnaise today. More mayonnaise than food. More mayonnaise than food. That's 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 my main argument, though. Why why I don't think it's effective is uh, there's too like the more variables that you introduce, the less reliable your end goal gets. And I think a lot of people have a mental like relaxation when they're they're using the MyFitnessPal. They're like, well, fuck, I still look terrible. I haven't made any fucking progress. But if I look back at the last 385 days of MyFitnessPal, I've hit my macros every day, so I must be in the right direction. And it's just, uh, no, you fucking suck. You need to change and do something different for the love of God. Jesus. And Paul, Paul, go ahead. Agree, disagree, or do you have some nuance to provide? I think I have a little bit of nuance. Mostly fuck you, Goob. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <man>. And uh, <laughs> nah. Uh, so, I mean, I do. I do think I, I hear what he's saying, and I think that there there definitely needs to be some constraints around um, tracking macros. I think there's a learning curve, right? Especially if you're using an app like My Fitness Pal, that is so problematic. The database is so large. There's a lot of really shitty selections in there. 
and you could think you're tracking correctly and everything is just off, right? It's crowdfunded too, um, right? So like I could literally go in and McChicken that shit. 140 calories of McChicken, baby, all day. Let's go. Yeah. It's, it's, gonna... cra- it's crowdsourced, so, and I don't think they have anyone that like goes through the submissions and like checks them. Well, they have verified so, options, like yeah, like with like check marks and shit. But I don't know how true those but, are. Bro, Dom, you're those are you're, you're, in, you're huh? six McChickens deep. You're really sad on yourself. You're gonna. Oh go yeah, on. you're 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 searching McChicken, find the lowest calorie one, and you're plugging those ones. God, it's never, like when you're online no. shopping. I never you're like, knew McChicken seventy for? calories. Who would have thought? That's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah, six. All right, yeah. okay. I'm good. <laughs> The verified ones do tend to be better, but they, they can even be a bit off. But, um, shit, you guys made me lose my fucking train of thought, man. That's what we're here for. Uh, I know, right? So I, I think there's a learning curve, you know, and, and once again, I think you have to, especially when you get a new client, right? You, you got to teach them how to make good choices, make good food selections, build good meals, right? Um, and we've all had that client where, you know, I, I looked at a client's, uh, my fitness pal, like four weeks ago, he was a brand new client. And I was like, bro, like 180 grams of your carbs a day can't come from fruity pebbles. I'm sorry, dude. Like, you know, like it's, we, it's we got, rice, bro. Like, what do you mean? It's, it's fruity pebbles. It's fine. It's But, you know, I, I do think that, you know, with, uh, with the proper experience, dude, and and if you're making good choices, that you can use my fitness pal, whether it be an off season or a diet, um, even a prep. I think a lot of people have shown us that they you can prep successfully tracking macros. However, I will say, like if I have somebody going into a prep, my usual default is I want you on a meal plan because I want to eliminate as much air as possible. I want to know what you're doing exactly. And um, the only way I would probably allow someone to count their macros on prep would be like my wife, right? Or if I was prepping Dom, like someone of that caliber, caliber, right? Like I've been tracking macros for like 13 years of my life almost, like at least a decade, right? and so like with those individuals, I think you like, you know, like we, if, if I told you Goob, Hey, I want you to track your macros. Like you would probably nail it. Right. I mean, I, I just accidentally ordered like 30 bananas. So. <laughs> oh my God. But no. And, and, and ultimately too, I think with individuals that are more experienced and, and we do have like a good background and we know how we should be eating. Uh, Goob and I talked about this too. Like ultimately, you know, for individuals like us, tracking macros doesn't look all that dissimilar no. to a meal plan because it's just easier, you know, most days out of the week to eat similar things, most meals, right? And then, you know, where the flexibility and tracking comes in is, oh, I ran out of blueberries, you know, let me, you know, swap this for banana or something or strawberries um, or, you know, maybe you're just feeling something. I'm feeling spaghetti tonight with my wife, and this is something that I know how to track well, right? Or, um, you know, and I do think on occasion, you know, it's your it's your off season. If you do order some Chipotle or Grub, <coughs> something from Grubhub, like one time over a seven day period, so one meal out of like the 35 meals yeah. that you have a week or whatever, like I don't think that's gonna make a big difference. Would I want somebody to do that in prep? Absolutely fuck not. Yeah, and, like, and you know what I mean? What, what you bring up that's super important that we both agree on is, you give the example of like, say like this is the beginning of your fitness journey, uh, all on the left and then like, here's you know where we're at and then here's death. These are people that are here in the middle you say, okay, macros, go. You already have all these ideas of what the fuck it's about supposed to look like, and you're going to make little deviations. It's going to be one meal for the week or whatever that's different. But if you have people that start here, and they're like, oh, I heard about this cool thing, my fitness pal. I just uh, – these three numbers, uh, proteins, carbs, and fat, and I just put them in, and everything works out. That's how you make a fruity pebble monster. It is, this is the creation yeah. of the fruity pebble monster. So sometimes you know, coaches will just be like, here, new guy, I'm going to make it easy on you. Here's some macros. But they don't know what the fuck – 
it's supposed but that's to be. where our, our job comes yeah. in right because maybe we see them not making progress or maybe they they do make progress eating like that but you know maybe we see them not making progress right and it's like hey we went into a deficit nothing happened you got fatter what the fuck and they're like yeah they tell you but you ask them about their eating habits and you're like okay we have to fix this no, I just like say, you can't do how this, many right? chickens did you eat this week yeah. How many? And hopefully that process isn't like in the beginning of a prep, right? That's why I said normally, um, like when it comes to a prep or just in general, when I, I like to diet people, I'll tell them, I'm like, hey, you know, you can count macros if you want, right? Like th this is a non-prep diet. But I'm like, I think we can get this done faster, you know, and um, just not drag this out. If we just go into a meal plan, are you okay with that? How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Cause okay. you know, control the variables and sometimes they just don't know. Like I like when I get somebody new, it's like, no, you're doing a fucking meal plan. Cause I can't trust you. I don't know, you know, what the fuck's going on. And I don't want to like have 30 people out there on macros and I got to look through their, my fitness pile every day and be like, oh, potato chips, raisinets. This doesn't, no, <laughs> this, this isn't good. working for us. Let's change this. You know, some people just eat like a child if they don't have something in front of them. And, uh, I, I think that's uh, I, like I've had a few clients where I let them track and then once they got back on a meal plan, things just responded a lot better. And I think it was because of one, the error with fitness pal, like, you know, if they put in like white rice and, you know, met like picked the wrong thing or they were eating out a lot and just guesstimating everything. But like in their mind, they thought they were hitting their macros. Um, I had actually had a client the other day say, I enjoyed macros during the holidays, but I'm so happy to be back on a meal plan now. Yeah, and that makes she sense. Goes, she, said, she said, I feel like that's what I needed to get really back on track. Yeah, you get through the holidays, kind of, you know, don't feel there definitely, There are definitely people that, uh, you know, I think you're one of them, Dom, where, where you prefer a meal plan, no? Yeah, for sure. There are definitely I people like having like that. eating and, disorder. I love that. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's some people where it, it's, it ends up being a disaster, right? They get no, for sure. And, yeah, no, I you agree know, with you completely. They end up doing way more damage over the long term, or at some point they fall off. They start doing weird shit, like just binging food on the weekends or something stupid, yeah. you know? And, and sometimes for some of those individuals, a little more flexibility sort of helps because then they can have a little bit of the fun foods, you know, and not I never feel get, like they uh, are restricting. You know, when people are like, oh, uh, I'm, uh, I'm eating the same things, like the same, you know, couple ingredients, like for, for how long? I'm always like, I love, like, I, don't, I ate corn pops every day for like 15 years. <laughs> you're not talking to somebody that understands what you're talking. I will, I will literally just eat the same. My groceries are always the same shit. It's like, you just go to Instacart, click, 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 send. It's all, it's all I'm eating for the, yeah. until I die, probably. I don't know. I just creature a habit. I think it's easier that way. I don't want to think about what the fuck I'm eating. It saves you so much time. I mean, like, yeah. And, and I think that's why, like for us, when we track macros, like, a, you know, six days out of the week or whatever, it just looks like a meal plan, you know, minus little deviations here or there. And then, um, but for some people too, a meal plan is a lot better, right? Like, you know, and I have certain rules for myself when I'm dieting now, like it used to be back in the day when I would diet early on while I had all this extra, all my, my calories were a lot higher. I would have Halo Top and I would have, um, I would fit Oreos in and some junk food, but now off the rip, I'm like, Hey, I I'm just, I'm, I'm going to keep things cleaner. Right. Because as that food gets lower, I'm not going to want to stop having that shit. And I'm going to get more hungry and I'm going to be at a higher risk of doing something like binging, right? Like eating fucking two or three Oreos when you're hungry as fuck is really hard. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I uh, have you have you guys ever had this where you send a meal plan, and then you some way along the line discover your client just punched it on to My Fitness Pal, yeah, those macros, and then started doing whatever you know, Fruity Pebble Monster, Oreo Cookie, Tetris they wanted to fucking do. That makes me so mad. I make them delete it. Like in my intro message, I usually will say like, delete the My Fitness Pal. Yeah, I tell people don't input your meal plan to Fitness Pal. Um, 
all the macro stuff I use is from the USDA website, not Fitness Pal's website. Not Martha, who was uh, yeah. having a bad day and went and took 30 calories off of the ice cream sandwich. <laughs> but I do I, like for people to have the ability to do both, right? Because some people, if they just end up being in a weird predicament where they don't have something or they got stuck in traffic or something, doctor's office, fucking whatever, right? Yeah. Like they'll either do one of two things, just skip a whole fucking meal for the day. And I'm like, I don't want you to do that. Or two, they, they're just like, oh, well, the plan's already fucked up. Let's maximally fuck this up as hard as we can. Yeah. The, the, the quitters, bro, you just reminded me of this girl. I had. <laughs> This happened on multiple occasions where I'd go look at her sheet for the week and she wouldn't tell me this. It would just be in there and it'd be like no ownership of what happened it'd be like ended up in the taco like this is literally what it <laughs> ended would be, word for word ended up in the taco bell drive through substituted meal four and five i'm like oops uh, you're just like driving around oh gps oh turn left here oh oh there's one in front of me one behind me i, I might as well order like how do you just end up in the fucking taco bell drive through i wish you would have just said I ate Taco Bell. Like she would always just, you know, graft it into something else. Just happened to fall on top of a hamburger. Like shut the fuck. Like you're gonna read it and just be like, oh man, total freak accident. Yeah, no it happens deal. to me all just, the time. Just happened to cancel your auto pay and you're no longer <laughs> a client anymore. It just happened. I don't know. Oh. My finger just like landed on it and and you're done. Have a nice day. I love doing that. Um, so I think what it sounds like is. John's biggest problem with kind of the macro tracking approach is that there's not a lot of work done on the front end by the coach to educate the client on what food choices should actually be made to fit within the macros. And that's a, that, I mean, that's a big problem. You take someone who's never eaten healthy in their entire life and you're like, all right, here's the three numbers that are going to govern the rest of your nutritional choices. They're going to make some really, really bad choices. Here's yeah. another example of laziness that I see from a lot of coaches that do go the meal plan route is that they'll outline food choices that the individual can t can make and the calorie count or the macros on those are very, very different from one choice to the next. I got one sent to me yesterday, last night, by someone that said uh, they had five meals a day where they were supposed to choose four ounces of protein. Two of the protein sources that they could choose were 99% lean ground turkey and top sirloin. <laughs> nice the difference in calories i mapped it out Huge. the difference in calories of four ounces of those two is you know it's close to 100 calories stretch that yeah. out over the course of five meals a day you're looking at a 500 calorie difference so is that's not something that you would do in your plan i know that's not something that dom does in his plans but that's not a, a level of laziness that you would prescribe no, but you know what? There's somebody out there that that would work for. And the person that it would work for is somebody that has literally never made any fucking constructive effort whatsoever. They're going to accidentally end up in the Taco Bell drive-thru no matter what the fuck happens. And if you give them some rule set where they're like, like, please, please, Becky, four ounces of a lean fucking protein at some point, sirloin, I don't give a fuck what it is. You're banking on that whatever is on that plate that you're assigning, 500 under, 100 under, 100 over – is way better than what she was going to pick otherwise. Okay. And well, that's that a damage sense. control method. Then another, yeah, I can, literally, I damage can control. Well, an, another circumstance where I've seen this done is where the coaches will, I don't know if it, it's probably intentional or maybe they just don't know any better in terms of like uh, prescribing based off of an individual's needs. But a lot of times, like these are crash diets, right? To where swapping uh, one one meat for a slightly higher fat meat do doesn't really make a meaningful difference because they're eating fifteen hundred calories under maintenance or something, right? The, I, I know what you're talking about. The individual who sent this to me said that she ended up in the hospital three months into prep, so can <laughs> confirm it was a crash diet, and the difference between ground turkey and sirloin probably wouldn't have mattered much for the, the total the outcome there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dumb shit, bro. God. You know, I've had clients do that, too. I, I um, had a client who was very adamant about having a meal plan, but would always do crazy shit. Like, would just be like, 
I'm not, I'm tired of rice. I'm having all pasta. And I'm like, I don't think you understand what that did to your calorie intake. Like you're eating 600 grams of carbs a day. Like, (laughs) (laughs) or my favorite, um, I've had people who, you know, put 150 grams white rice and then they go and they're doing a hundred for some, it says one five zero G product. And they'll be like, Oh, I'm, uh, I'm eating 600 carbs a day. Yeah, I'm eating 150 grams of carbs a meal. Yeah, they think they think one gram of rice equals one gram of carbs, so they're yeah. having yeah the equivalent. Yeah. When I see that online, where people are like, "I'm eating 700 grams," I'm always like, "This motherfucker is one gram of rice is not one carb. That's not how this game Dude. works." I, I had a female in prep do that for most of our prep, and it blew my mind. I was like, "You don't do this with any other food, like why?" <laughs> Yeah, just carbs. They want the carbs to be as high. No, you haven't seen you haven't seen someone do it with protein, where they think like two hundred grams of chicken has two hundred grams of protein in it. That's actually I haven't. But no, 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 no. This was the opposite circumstance where, like, like for a meal, she was supposed to have thirty grams of carbs. Oh, she she had had thirty grams of rice. Okay. (laughs) Oh my god! I bet she got shredded. I, I communicate uh, like oh, if it's oatmeal or like a cream of rice, I communicate the dry measurement because you're probably not prepping that you know ahead of time. You're probably gonna make it right there. So I'll communicate mm-hmm. the dry measurement. It's easier for you to do. And I had a guy who was like, you know, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Just send me pictures of your meal. And he sends me meal one, and it's like a, a spoonful of cream of rice. <laughs> and I was like, are you fucking with me? And he's like, no, no, it's uh, 45 grams. I was like, how? How did you, it says like, you know, it says dry in parentheses. Like I just, I was like, oh, okay, all right, whatever. Well, let's, let's make a bowl of it next time, guy, huh? How about that? The takeaway, <laughs> the takeaway here might be that whether it's a meal plan or whether it's macros. There's co- personal, personal error. As a coach, <laughs> there's going to be some personal error and troubleshooting that you're going to have to work through are, regardless. Aren't we just like auditors? But, like, we're like customer like service plan. representatives. We're just customer yeah. service. We write a plan no. and then it's all troubleshooting but from that's there. sort of that that's the thing behind our job of actually coaching is you have whatever method you have of getting somebody there and the numbers don't add up you know they're not getting the result that you feel like they should be getting and you start troubleshooting and, and you teach them and you show them and how to do things that's why you know? and that's why things like the rp diet app and like the carbon diet app and all those that's why those will never replace coaches because yeah. the ai that's built not even ai these are just these are apps with if then excel formulas (laughs) built into them it's not a fucking ai it doesn't learn it has very specific formulas built in and when you tell the rp diet app that you didn't lose weight and your goal was to lose three pounds a week it's gonna tell you to to not eat for an entire week it's gonna be like okay your change this week is we cut 300 grams of carbs and 90 grams of fat from your diet you're like oh okay cool now i get 70 grams of protein for a day and that's all i'm allowed to eat yeah, have you tried sleeping on the treadmill? <laughs> All right, RP. No, you're right. Because yeah, there's uh, it's not going to shame you. It's not going to call you. It's not going to say, "Are you serious? It's just gonna, are you fucking serious?" Jeez, that's my favorite. Really? Are you messing with me? Are you trolling? God, God. Uh, so right. we're going to talk about reps and reserves. Yeah, yeah, we are. We're, 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 I think we've officially arrived at that point. All right. So the real topic of our conversation today was, and the reason that you probably clicked on this video right here, it's going to have some sweet clickbaity title. It's going to pull you in to get those sweet, sweet views, um, is a little bit of a reps in reserve conversation between Mr. Reps in Reserve Rocket himself, Paul, the man who Wait, invented reps in reserve. Rocket? Don't Google that. Just trust me that it's true. Paul invented RIR. And a very large advocate for training to failure and only training to failure. Every set should be to failure or you are a failure, John Dorsey. That's not me at all. That's not John. (laughs) All right. So it's really funny because our conversation is going to very much pattern the conversation we had about Matt. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. It, It will. I think it will. Okay. Uh, so Paul, Paul, you sent me your paper. I thought it was super cool. Uh, read it. Awesome. That guy who has a 405 natty bench though, totally full of shit. He's on the PEDs. Okay. And <laughs> there was one guy you had the deviation. I was like 405 or it was like 425. Like natty. Okay, buddy. Like that's, that's just not true. You got to check him. Maybe test, you know, test his blood work again or something. But, uh, I thought your methodology was awesome. 
I thought uh, what you were going for was awesome. The flaw that I see in it, though, is the we give the three numbers to the people and they're going to eat the fruity pebbles. I, I don't think, and just in, in watching thousands of videos of my own clients, I don't ever. It's like these guys are sending me videos like, oh, this was a hard set. It's supposed to be a fail set or like something that almost to the end. You know, I'll describe it as, you know, if you could have gotten 12, you fucked up, that type of thing. If you could have gotten 10, it was an eight set, you fucked up. Reps in reserve we're talking about, right? Pretty much. It's the same communication. And uh, they're doing the set and it looks like they're shopping for groceries, you know, or they're, like, they've lost their car in the parking lot and they're just trying to fucking find it. And, and what I've noticed is that it is so hard not for people to understand what the reps and reserve concept is, but so hard to effectually go into the fucking gym and do it if you tell them to do it. They don't yeah. know what the end is. RAR zero, most people probably have never fucking, they can be in the gym for 10 years and they've never gotten there in their whole fucking life and they may never get there. So it's like a skew on the accuracy in the, uh, the effectiveness of the program. Does that make sense? Yeah. It does make sense. And I, I think there are different populations of people like I, I, the the people you're describing, they do exist. I, I've gotten, I, I have clients now, you know, where I have them on uh, do an AMRAP as many reps as possible, right? And I, I, before I write their next program, I have to ask them like, hey, like, was this really zero RIR? Like, <laughs> they rack it, you're like, yeah. Um, yeah, or I'll get a video and I'll see that, you know, maybe it was two RIR and I, I factor that into their training or whatever. And then, but there, there's also a whole nother population of people that actually want to work hard. You know, when I first started lifting, I thought you had to take sets to failure and, and do drop sets. And you know what I mean? Like just fucking yeah. train as hard as possible and that's what i did for every fucking set because i wanted so bad to grow and there, there are a lot of people that do that too right that, that do grow. effectively hit failure yeah horrible fatigue management and yeah i agree with you there yeah. for sure. um you know and, and ultimately here's the thing is i i do see your point right because from the 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 application of an rir based system you know, if you tell somebody three or four RIR um, and, and they don't know how to hit three or four RIR, that, that's a bit rough, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, I don't think it matters that much, right? As long as we're pushing training forward and we're overloading over time and it is getting harder, right? Like somebody could, their first week of training with me ever, like if they're at eight RIR, I give no shits. I'm like, hey man, add two to 3% on load next week. If you can add a rep or two and let's just keep doing that until it's until it gets hard. And I've watched people, you know, and, and even in person, my wife, uh, she's, she's been less serious about the gym for a while now, but when she was very serious, she was one of those people that just did not like hitting failure. Right. And, and I, you, there are videos all over Instagram where I'm recording her doing like a squat, what's supposed to be an AMRAP. And she stops like two or three reps from failure. And I'm just like, no, why, what are you doing? And she just re-racks it. Um, but you know, she made tons of progress still training shy of failure, but just making sure training got harder over time or over a training block and consistently pushing loads and reps and, and just, just making things harder. Right. And, and, and um, whatever progressing. Um, and I think we see that even in some, a lot of this new research that's coming out is that you probably don't need to train as close to failure as most people think to make gains in hypertrophy. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I uh, yeah. I'm going to make the cloud shoe argument. The, the cloud, do you guys remember the cloud shoe? Not a oh. Not a cloud. The shoes that nobody wears in the gym that's strong. I just, <laughs> I see like when, whenever somebody, if I'm on Instagram, I'm scrolling through, if I catch the RIR and I scroll back up and I watch the video, it's always just some super fucking weak person that's, there's like a caption that is probably more strenuous activity than whatever the fuck they're posting in the video. And I'm always just like, is this <clears throat> mental fixation with leaving something in the reserve? Is it taking it from, like, say they were, they were going to be, you know, if this is zero to 100, say they were going to just on their own be at like 80 all the time, probably get a little better. 
and then they're like, oh, oh, well, that was a hundred. So all right, all right, I'm back here. I feel like it just it delays some of their agony or prolongs some of their agony because they're mentally super fixated on the number and super fixated on leaving some in the tank when just left to their own devices. Maybe they should do RIR later once you've learned how to you know train two or three years and you know what the fuck's going on. You know what things are supposed to feel like. I see these kids that are no muscle on, on them at all and they're like, RIR4. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just eat something and go work out for the love of fucking God. Your caption is just boring. Like, it's just a huge caption about all their fucking training methodologies and RIRs mm-hmm. and RIR for every fucking set. I'm like, Nobody, nobody cares. Just, just go try. Try a little harder. What do you think about that, Paul? The kids. I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, I, I don't <clears throat> think that these people are doing themselves a disservice by leaving reps in the tank, right? But, you know, I, I, when, when I hear that, I sort of, I start thinking about a whole population of people where they probably would be small anyway, right? A lot of the times, a lot of the people that, um, did he just turn off his camera? No. <laughs> he ripped uh, his webcam out. Uh, no. <laughs> Can you guys hear me still? Yeah. 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 Oh my God. I don't know um, what the fuck you're I don't know why that was so funny. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like anytime you mention anybody's hope of anything and, and becoming great, like just, just crush it, Goob is like happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, like a lot of the those individuals, like they're trying to do everything they can to get bigger. They're, they're reading, they're you know, looking into different methodologies, they're, they're trying to make changes to their program. And sometimes it, it backfires on them because they're just doing too much. I, I call much that complicated paralysis shit. by analysis where they're like, yeah. I'm doing, yeah. you know, they go into the gym with the fucking book and like the spreadsheet and the RIRs and all that and everything to put fucking 10 pounds in the bar. Or like, just go get fucked for a while. Like go feel weak, feel terrible. Don't really know what the fuck you're doing. Figure out how to suck for a long enough period of time and then start delving into the higher lip. Cause I imagine the guys, you know, I think you had 14 participants in your, in your study. I imagine you didn't yeah. pull anybody that were in cloud shoes out of the gym. These were probably all, you know, they had decent bench PRs. They were all pretty decently trained people that were athletic. And I'm wondering what these numbers would have looked like had you pulled like your average giant caption Gymshark guy out of the gym and made him do it. Like, would he have gotten anything from it? Or would you have spent the whole however many weeks you're doing this being like, bro, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, oh, you're not at two, you're at like 12. Actually, what was surprising, because the, these were decently trained individuals, some of yeah. them um, less trained than others. Uh, and you know, there were some of them that, you know, like there, there was a kid with like a 185 pound bench max, like not everyone was strong. Yeah. Right. Uh, but he was also a smaller guy, you know, like height and stature and stuff, skinny dude. But, um, you know, what was surprising was, and obviously like, we'll never know exactly for sure, but based off of how many reps they did on, the, we had them do 80%, right? Or we, we had them do a one RM and then we had took some rest and then they took 80% of one RM to failure, right? So based off of that, but also us measuring their bar speed for every rep, it seemed like with a lot of them not really having any exposure to using RIR in their program prior, that they all were fairly close. I, I, Does that I make don't, sense? Yeah, I don't find that ter- like super hard. And, that, you know, but part of that too was, you know, me being a coach, right? Like I wasn't just some dude in the lab, me being a coach. Were you there with tons them of while people. you were doing it? Huh? It wasn't self-reported, like you were there with them while this was happening? Yeah. Okay, that, that that makes sense then, because yeah, like, yeah, yo, no, not there yet, not there yet. Yeah. No, 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 no. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell them. Like, I, I prior to, I would say, hey, like for something like a bench press, usually three repetitions in reserve is just where it starts feeling hard, and you probably notice your bar speed start to change, right? And I'm so I'm like, yeah. hey, 
press every rep as as explosively as you can without bouncing it or anything and once you hit that point that's probably about three rir and and often where they would cut it would be close to what you would determine three rir would have been uh close to what they did on their max rep set but also just based off of their bar speed you could kind of look at it and tell okay that that's where the bar started slowing down and that's about where most people are hitting three rir right um i didn't want to so yeah it, it wasn't it wasn't like a thing where i was like i think you're at three rir stop like i told them to stop where they felt like they were at three rir that, that, that keeps it honest then i, I mean I, I like the the idea of fatigue management i think rir is something that we've like all understood there was just never like a name for it but my only worry is that it will make people who don't try a lot to begin with try a little less because they're like, Oh, I got to leave something in reserve. And they were never even close to begin with. That's, that's my criticism of it where it can be used to effectively make these people that don't try very hard in the first place, try significantly less because they have no fucking intensity. They don't know what the fuck it is. They'd probably be better off if somebody just said, go die in the gym. And uh, I mean, they probably wear cloud shoes. And uh, dude, can you even fix your camera? camera? Yeah. I can't, I can't do this. Plug your camera back in. But so even it's, in the crowd, I, I even in the crowd that you're describing, I don't think either system works very well because if you train, if you tell them to train to failure, they won't. And if you tell them to train to three RIR, they also won't. I, I tell them to train until their form breaks and stop. Yeah, so even, something even with that, I've I see done... that being problematic because if you tell someone who's a relative oh. novice in the gym to go until their form breaks, you are adding a degree of risk in terms of form breaking down an injury. So probably that one of the biggest risks for a new client in terms of long-term adherence is probably getting injured along the way and then going out of the gym. So, so for a relative novice in the gym who will essentially grow from almost anything, they can go play fucking tummy sticks in the corner of the gym and they'll grow muscle. It doesn't matter. Telling them to train 3RR. Do you have a program for that, Ryan? Telling them, yeah, there is. It's on the website. I'll, I'll send you the special <laughs> link for it. Give my 10% discount code. Um, either way, they're going to grow muscle. They can train at fucking five RIR, they'll grow. They can train close, close to failure, they'll grow. They'll probably grow about the exact same amount if the RIR approach that allows them to train at a lower risk for injury, I would advocate for that. I think, and an argument that I got in with someone was like, tell your beginner clients to train to failure because they then they'll know where failure is. And that's fucking horrible advice. That is straight up terrible advice because they will train with dog shit form until, they, until their legs until give the out, their arms moving. give out. <laughs> yeah, and then they'll just have horrible technique ingrained Whereas if they had stopped sets five reps short of failure, four reps short of failure, they still would have gotten good growth and they would have solid technique burned into their stupid brain. I just, I make these motherfuckers film shit. I want to watch everything that they that, do. I will that's, watch See, that's the, that's the workaround for all of this is that like, as a coach, you're just going to have to fucking coach these people, whether Literally, you're yeah. using an RIR yeah. system or using a failure system, like, sorry, bucko, you're just going to have to get some video feedback and actually do your fucking job as a yeah, coach. None of those fucking yeah. Blair Witch angles. That pisses me off so much, bro. When people like they send a video and it's like. Literally like your back taint? pocket. Yeah. yeah. Your oh, I was like, hey, man, I, watching this video, I could smell what you had for lunch. Paul, Paul, hey. I think my camera's dead. I, I think it. I think it's done. We could, If oh, we man. end the recording, I can switch to the uh, MacBook, but I don't think you want to end the recording. We can we can we can just video in a nice a nice goob picture right here. Edit that <laughs> in. Yeah, just put so, my smile. On. Well, yeah. I, I want to comment on what you just said too, Ryan. Um, what, like, the short-sightedness, the short-sightedness of of that individual's perspective. You know, like with somebody who's new, like, 
it's really not a, an awful thing to have them train shy of failure because like everything's new to them right so what does that do when it when somebody I, and i even tell my train clients i'm like if i give them a new set of movements i'm like it's okay to be conservative i, I don't care if you're actually under three or four rir on this, these first few weeks of hack squats right because that gives you a chance to dial in on form because that's what most people are doing their first several weeks of a new movement like a hack squat they do a couple reps they move their feet around right they angle their toes out more they widen their stance narrow their stance every few reps and it's not until you get a few sessions in that you're like okay yeah this is solid this this is home for the next eight weeks that i'm doing this hack squat it allow you know a lot uh, like knee pain is something that people complain about a lot on movements like hack squats. You give them time for their connective tissue and joint structures to accommodate to the movement, right? Instead of being that asshole that jumps straight into four and a half plates. And after your first session of hack squats, you come back to me and you're like, my knees hurt. I'm like, well, no shit. Your knees fucking hurt, right? You know, you get that neural efficiency out of the way you do all of the, you know, you, you maybe accommodate to a new rep range that you weren't doing. Um, you know, like you get, you manage your recovery demands, you, you get more resistant to damage, things like that. And you do all of these things that lay the track for you to get a better or more optimal stimulus later on. I just imagine like Sharon Andrews from Topeka, Kansas, who fills out an application. She tells you she wants to lose 20 pounds of body fat. And your first training program that you send her, there's like this subtext that's in like italics and bold and size 82 font. That's like every fucking set is taken to failure. It's like, <laughs> what benefit does Sharon get from that? As opposed to maybe Paul's approach where you're like, you know what, Sharon, I don't really care if you go to failure or if you're even close, we're just going to kind of learn this movement and because it's a novel stimulus and because you've trained a grand total of 30 days non-consecutively in your entire adult life you're probably going to gain some muscle from that anyway and that's really the goal here yeah could you imagine like even right now like well ryan does does crossfit but i'm a a fat fuck dude (laughs) i'm a fatty dude i'm out of shape but like you know let's say i were to give myself uh walking lunges next week 12 on each leg i'm not going into the gym and doing that at three rir two one or zero rir the first week because my cardio respiratory system is gonna fatigue before i even come close to muscle failure (laughs) you'll actually die (laughs) yeah right like it, zero it probably RIR because isn't, of myocardial infarction. <laughs> yeah. Like it probably isn't a bad idea for me to do something submaximal for a few weeks so that I can actually take walking lunges relatively close to failure and my the the target muscle being um at relatively close to failure. I, think- I always uh, I always work at like that coming back from like an injury, like when I had my collarbone dealio coming back. I was like, there's I'm I'm not going anywhere close to that was probably like fucking eight to ten R there was nothing productive happening for a long time. You know, it's just sort of backing off and, and staying not shitty. Because every part of you know I I wouldn't wasn't in the gym for like five months. I was just sitting there. What was the uh, what was the average RR that sets were taken to in the Wuhan training complex that you trained in during quarantine? Oh my fucking god, that was the most retarded level of training I've ever had. <laughs> we were all fucking retarded. We didn't have anything to do all fucking day. All I looked forward to, this was coronavirus lockdown in New York City. The only fucking thing I looked forward to was these three dudes knocking on my door at noon every day, us carrying 700 fucking pounds of equipment down to the pier and lifting <laughs> until we couldn't do anything else fucking ever. Like, we lifted seven days a week because it was all we wanted to do. I never got so strong in my life. It was, it was, we were just a bunch of, it was like Meathead City. It was so stupid, bro. Here, so, YouTube, YouTube uh, bots that watch these and analyze the, everything that gets uploaded. I'll do you a favor right now. The link, guys, is down here. You know, go to cdc.gov for all your information about coronavirus and all that kind of stuff. See, I did your job for you, YouTube. If that doesn't bump us up in the algorithm, I don't know what will. Uh, John, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to drone on too much here. Do you have any final points on RIR? I'm not going to give Paul a chance to respond. I'm going to give you <laughs> the final word here. So if you want to um, throw out some heavy insults, you can well, feel free Paul. to. 
No, it's a super well-written paper. Uh, Paul, you should probably upload that somewhere for people to go check it out. I loved reading. I hate reading, and I loved reading it. I thought it was super concise to the point. You explained your methodologies well, and you got across the point of what you were trying to accomplish. Your abstract was really good, too, which uh, sometimes in reading shit like that, you read the abstract, and then you have to go and read the whole thing to figure out what the fuck the guy was even talking about in the first place. Uh, I thought it was good. I, I love the methodology. I am just critical of absolutely everything on the face of the planet and uh, want to devil's advocate every good idea. So that's why. Honestly, uh, I, I really appreciate that. But I honestly look back at that paper. There are a lot of things that I, I, I actually would have liked to have done differently. I actually think uh, it was shit. Do you see I got Paul <laughs> arguing against RIR now? No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm all for RIR. I Wait, just can think, we pull uh, that as the clip? Because honestly, <laughs> it was shit. <laughs> no, it was no, a good I paper. Just... Don't, don't hate, because you're the one who did it. You're the, you're, you're, it's like you'll, your thing. Yeah, you'll naturally be critical. You know every in and out, and you, there's places where you're like, oh, I've learned this since then. But you know, most people that are reading that haven't learned whatever you learned to get to the point of writing it. So it's... At, at the level of where I was reading it, I was like, this is super good and applicable to most people that know what the fuck they're doing in the gym in the first place. People that don't, I probably wouldn't fuck with them on that yet, but I think it's somewhere to get towards. You know, Once you know the components of what it looks like and what it feels like, this is an awesome tool to not over-fatigue yourself and do the meathead thing that we did at the Wuhan training facility where we just literally ran ourselves into the ground. I remember there was a point where we were like, we were, I was like, I need like three rest days, boys. Like, don't come by the house. Because we were, like, squatting, deadlifting, bench pressing every day, back to back to back to back to back. No breaks. I did I did double 405, though, on a, on a bench. So that was that was, nice. that was really Is that a confirmed 405, or is that, like, an, a cinder block estimate? No. Uh, there, we, so we had a one-inch bar. We had 75-pound plates, 50-pound plates, 20s, 10s. And uh, some other small change that was in there, maybe a couple fives. But it, it was this stupid one-inch bar that was, like, over 300 pounds. It bent. It was just, honestly, just a horrible idea. We, we fucked up a few bars, deadlifting. We broke the concrete in a few places and got kicked out. It was, it was a pain to be alive, I'll tell you what. It's really it was good cool. times. We can all reflect yeah. on that as great times in our life. Dom, anything that you want to leave the people with before I give them a spoiler on what's going to be on our next episode of GP Meets Goob? Mm, no, I'm good. If you want to hear Dom's viewpoints on RIR, training to failure, all that good stuff, especially in like a general population lifestyle clientele, make sure you click the link below to see his appearance on the Tuesday. No, it's not the Tuesday tea anymore. Uh, I don't give a sip. I don't give a sip with Jess and Dr. Boone. Uh, she hates when I call her that. So Dr. Mrs. Boone is what we'll call her. Um, you can check that out on our next episode with Goop. He's already committed, uh, contractually obligated to do so. Ooh. We are going to talk about creepy coaches yes! in yes! the industry. Are I got we gonna, all the fucking dirt. You better are we going to name names? names? You'll have to tune in to I find out. If we do get at least a thousand views on this episode right here and i need 50 thumbs up on the videos we will name at least three names on the next <laughs> podcast <laughs> we will see you on that one in the next time or in the meantime and as always stay gifted folks see ya bye